Oh, we're back. Welcome, guys. It's episode 10 of the Zero Oscars. It's the show where we review every movie with a 0% critics rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm John. I'm Kylan. I'm Eli. And with us is our special guest. You know her as teacher extraordinaire uh, <laughs> and uh, a ca- person who owns a longboard but doesn't use it. Emily Jones. <laughs> show. It's true. There's one in the back of my car just chilling. I've seen it for years. <laughs> how are you? Yeah, how are you? Tell us. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, I'm good. You know, I got a job last week, so that's fun. Ooh. I'm getting to Zoom with my BFF since freshman year about a movie that's about gymnastics. That's awesome. I love so gymnastics. Did you, so. you do that after this recording? or? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you being with us now that you're big time, now that you make money. Uh, it must be pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Emily. I must ask, and I'll ask the rest of you, but I wanted to ask you, give you the shot first. Have you been watching anything? Anything besides American Anthem before we get into that? Um, so, <laughs> I've binge-watched a show, but I haven't watched any movies recently. That's fine. What, what have you been binge-watching? Tanner and I binge-watched season six of RuPaul's Drag Race. Because mm. <laughs> that's the one that's on Hulu, so. Des- describe that for us. Um, so, it's like... America's Next Top Model only for drag queens. Mm-hmm. And so each week they have to do challenges and then come up with a runway look and then they'd walk down the runway and then get devoured by judges and then the judges pick or RuPaul picks the bottom two and then the bottom two have to lip sync for their lives and then mm-hmm. whoever does the worst goes home. <laughs> Incredible. I, I want to so, pick out one thing if I may. You said the judges devour them? <laughs> <laughs> Do they not get full after eating three of the people? (laughs) You know, they have big appetites, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) They have big drive. So I I had the pleasure of watching a few episodes with you and Tanner. And I have to ask, as someone who was not familiar with the show, I take it RuPaul is like an established figure in the drag racing community. That's how I also take it. Because this is the only season I've watched. Okay, okay. So you're in the same boat as me. Yeah. Because Tanner introduced it to you, right? Right. Gotcha. Our, our previous guest extraordinaire. Was he? No, he wasn't the last episode, but he was the episode before this. One week right. ago, yeah. But very good. An enjoyable flick. Would you recommend it? Would you recommend yeah, that people really check funny. it out? <laughs> Excellent. What about you guys? What have you guys been watching? I've not watched anything but I've been playing more of Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> I am almost done with it. I'm on Act 3, and it's making me really want to start watching some old uh, Kurosawa samurai movies because mm. they have an entire mode on the game where they call it Kurosawa mode. It's all in black and white. The sound sounds like an old movie. They're trying to really give it that vibe of an old samurai movie, so I want to go watch some of them. Oh, that's awesome. It's pretty Very fun cool. killing a bunch of Mongols and maybe 13th century Sushi. They're still they're still invading. Oh yeah, they're still invading. The hint yet? <laughs> <laughs> they haven't figured it out. When one guy has killed hundreds of them without dying, mm-hmm. they keep coming at him one at a time. It seems like a bad idea, but it does. It doesn't seem ideal. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Eli, what about you? Have you seen anything? I experienced anything. Experienced anything. I'm trying to make it more open ended. 
Right. Um, I watched a movie earlier today called Come and See. Um, <laughs> which <laughs> is not a funny movie. What? At all. Stop laughing, John. Um, it's, it's a Belarusian movie uh, about the Belarusian resistance to Nazi uh, invaders. If I may, I'm familiar with the term Russian. What is the Belo part of that? Uh, so Belarus is a nation. Okay. Uh, it was a uh, Soviet Union satellite state. Okay. That had a different name. It was like Belarus. I don't know. It was something Russian. And now the name is Belarus. I don't know the history that well, so. Okay, but gotcha. It's one of the scariest non-horror films I've ever seen. Mm. It's pretty brutal, but gotcha. very enjoyable. Five stars out of five. Would recommend. Wow, that is, that is high praise. It's rough, though. So. Mm-hmm. Is it just like very graphic or is it just the, the subject matter and how it's um, portrayed or? It's not like, like overly graphic. I mean, it mm-hmm. definitely has a little bit of, you know, it's a war, it's an anti-war film. So there's yeah. there's some gruesome stuff to it, but it's not like there's limbs. Sort of a starship it. troopers. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's more just, it's like watching someone lose their mind, basically. Mm. Mm. Gotcha. Situation. Yeah. That's it fair. is very good. It, that's as funny that you bring that up because I also watched what I would call a very scary non-horror movie about someone losing their mind. Was it American um, Anthem? <laughs> it was American <laughs> Anthem. Uh, it's crazy that you bring that up. Yeah. It's Steve has lost and he's gone nuts. Um, he's had enough. Um, no, uh, I, last night sort of, it just sort of happened. I, I ended up in a room where the film Killing of a Sacred Deer was playing. I don't know if any of you have seen that. Um, I haven't seen it. I've, I've, seen, I've heard of it. it. It came out in 2017. I believe it's on Netflix. It's about a doctor who is a cardiologist, a surgeon specifically, I guess. And he has a very orderly, you know, regular, stable life. Um, and, but there's this one kid who keeps showing up and he basically is convinced that the doctor uh, killed his father several years prior he, he claims that the the father botched a surgery which the caused the dad to die and it's not really explained like if the it's sort of like a surreal movie it's like the moot by the guy who made the lobster um but it's like effectively um this kid has like some sort of magic power they don't bother to try to explain it but just he basically is like look all of your family like you killed one of my the members of my family so your your family, the rest of them are just going to gradually like get sick and die unless you kill one of them. So he has to decide whether he's mm-hmm. going to kill his his daughter, his son, or his wife. Um, and it kind of just goes from there. So it's a very it's a very interesting film, and it's very like it does a lot of normal things, but the way it's shot and sort of the tension and the elements at play make normal things very uncomfortable. Like there's a there's a scene that I struggled to watch. I had to look away from it at one point. And it was a, a young boy cutting his hair. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not scary, but it's just like, it's just like unnerving the way that it's done. So it's, it's a really interesting film. I, I definitely recommend checking it out. Um, but that's what, I, that's what I've seen since um, The Slugger's Wife. But 
before American Anthem. So mm-hmm. that's what I've been working with. But, you know, there we are. I guess we should move into really the meat of the show. You know, the thing that everyone's yeah. here for. I hear the crowds, they're erupting. They say, we've been wanting American Anthem. I see it in the comments all the time. They won't stop talking about it. We finally did it. Um, so. There's something you want badly. Are you sure you know what it is? Just give me a chance. It's never going to be great. That's up to you, isn't it? Keep working. Make it better. You got nothing! You had an opportunity, and you blew it. You gave up! What about you? He thinks he let you down. He hasn't let me down. It's just the opposite. If you quit now, you'll just be a loser. First it's a scholarship, now it's this. What's next, me? American Anthem, the new vision of love and triumph from the director of Purple Rain. We should move over to our, our staple time summaries. And I believe, uh, Kylan, I believe you have the 20-second slot to set us off. So let me pull this up, this timer real quick. And I don't uh, have Wikipedia plot summary to refresh my memory. So there, there is two up. sentences, I think, on the Wikipedia. It's not very helpful. They don't even have a plot section. Mm-mm. All right. Are you ready for me to count you in? Yeah, yeah. All right. Three, two, one, and go. So this girl starts off at this new gymnastics gym with a cool coach guy who's old. And there's this other guy named Steve who used to be a football player, but he stopped and threw away a scholarship. And the girl hates the music she's having to dance to, so she goes to 1980s version of Jesse Eisenberg to get a new song to dance to. And they go to the national qualifications, and they both do good. Very nice, very nice. I was I was a bit concerned at the beginning because you were taking a long time, but then you sort of yeah. neatly packaged it up yeah. and and sent us. I had to get the nineteen eighties Jesse Eisenberg because that is a stop very good comparison. I didn't quite put my finger on that, but that makes so much sense. All right, next up, Eli, I believe. Yes. Uh, are you ready for me to count you in? Please. All right, three, two, one, and go. There's a guy with a lot of hair, and he's like, I want to be a gymnast, except I don't really want to be a gymnast because I got in a fight with my dad, which is more the dad's fault easily, but he somehow blames it on himself. Uh, there's also a female plot that I completely forgot. They get at the end, they, they compete, and they sort. some of them win. <laughs> very nice, very nice. <laughs> I'm really scared. I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> also, what was the girl's name? I hate that I do this every I time. Think it was but Julie or Julie? Julie. It, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just like everyone's name is always so forgettable you know like the characters they never i barely remember that the guy's name was steve um, i think of the previous movies that we've watched i only remember one name and it is torgo Torgo. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only name you need all right i'm gonna count myself in three two one and go lights camera gymnastics basically steve he, he likes working in a metal shop he makes motorcycles i want a gymnast i don't want a gymnast come to town we're going to the olympics we got to get on the u.s team we'll do whatever it takes Except he doesn't, of course, you know, because very good, very <laughs> so he good. Decides that he doesn't want to uh, nine tenths of the way through the movie, uh, but we'll get to that. And with a coveted five second slot, Emily, are you ready to summarize all of American Anthem in five seconds? <laughs> yeah. All right, three, two, one, and go. Guy and girl fall in love with gymnastics. They go to nationals. They both make the podium. In the end. Woo! <laughs> with time to spare. <laughs> very nice. And all the main nice. plot points. Yeah, yeah, the essential stuff. All right, so 
now's the part of the show where we attempt to walk through in a bit more detail what's going on Eli I just this movie man there's so many subplots so many are there <laughs> where were they it's like this like, we, we don't know what's happening like, there's like the cousin and then there's the music who's the cousin the Becky chick and then there's um, the football thing and then the little brother with the cliff oh yeah <laughs> i forgot about the little brother there's the weird rivalry between his friend like the really good gymnast guy and two other guys like Guys, There's some history there they did not give up. This is very true. I enjoyed this movie so much. I think this movie was a breakthrough in acting and in casting. Is, are you are you being sincere? <laughs> <laughs> Never before. <laughs> a true breakthrough in casting. Never before have two blocks of wood done so well in a movie as the leads. I... <laughs> I appreciate that these movies make me always make me feel both less and more racist because, <laughs> because all these white people look alike. I'm just like, it's the white guy with long hair, but I'm like, I don't know which one this is. Is this the one we care about or the rival? Because they're all so personality. They lack personality. They're lifeless. Like they don't have names. Like, I didn't know. I didn't know which blonde female was the main character and which one was the really good until the end. <laughs> I kept going back and forth because I was like, is that her or uh, maybe it's, but I was like, oh no, that's a different person. That's a different person. That's the one uh, that was on the magazine. And then I would forget again. Wait, is, wait, is the one in the magazine wasn't her? Yes. It, oh, so that was someone else. That was <laughs> the lead person, yes. Wait, so it was her? No. No, it was the Joe Ellen. I only remember her name because it was weird. Is Joe that not who we were talking about? Is that not is that not our main female protagonist? No, Wait, who is? Really was that? Julie. Who is Joe Ellen? Wait, he's on the magazine. <laughs> I what don't magazine? know who they are. <laughs> Let's walk through the plot. I thought that was. I thought she was looking at herself, and she's like, "Gosh, no. I'm accomplished." No, Real quick, I have oh one thing God. that I really enjoyed. I enjoyed them subverting stereotypes of bikers and having <laughs> all of the bikers show up. I going insane loved the, that. I love the bikers going ham. It was wonderful. <laughs> All about subverting expectations. <laughs> okay, so did <laughs> we go through the plot? Maybe that'll help. Yeah, let's let's start walking through it. Um, I remember it starts off with a musical montage, and it lasts three and a half minutes, which like is a long Apple time. Every eighties movie did this. They do so many montages. So I many also don't montages. understand because. The idea for a montage is to give information quickly that the audience can understand, except this helped me understand nothing, and it made me more confused. And I didn't know anything about the movie yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I knew he had a broken arm from the montage. He was doing, I like, didn't even jump. know that. I didn't well, that up, yeah. Like, the uh, biker guy, like, cut it off, I think, the cast. Oh, is that what he was doing? I thought he was I thought, so. I thought he was just cutting off something random, and they were implying. I don't know. I, guess I thought he was cutting sense. that off. Which I thought he was cutting off something in front like of them that he was holding. It. it may I have do, been. I could not tell. I I love during this montage. They show Steve, and they have to demonstrate that he has gymnastic capability. So there's a point where there's like a saw or something 
um, that is that is hanging from the roof. Why would they put it there? None of them can reach it. How did they do that? And he did, he has to like jump up, grab the ceiling, and do the spin real quick. And he has to he has to like leap and grab it just to show that he's still got the skills. Um, but like, it, it's like the movie doesn't okay. understand that if you just tell me that he wanted to do gymnastics, I would believe you. Mm-hmm. This is, <laughs> they took show to tell to heart. Show don't tell to heart, but they. Mm-hmm. They are applying it wrong. It also, the montage, I know we're really hitting this three-minute montage at the yeah. beginning. It seemed like it was trying to establish literally physically where they were, like yes. with these establishing shots that it threw in, but I still didn't know where anyone was. I didn't know if... So it's establishing Steve, our main male character, mm-hmm. yes. and Julie, our main female character. Yes. But I don't know if they know each other, and yet it's still cutting back and forth to them and she's like in a plane, and he I understood like a random shot of a building in there. I don't know what that building is. <laughs> did it ever say it? like where they were? Were they in California? Were they near? Yeah. Did it ever say? I assume they were in California. That okay. was my guess, but that's just because it's a big place. Yeah. <laughs> like so likely. So many people in there. Can I make one comment about the montage before we move yes, on? Yes, yes, yes. It is my civic duty as a musician to say that Alan Silvestri was the composer for this film, and he was the same man who wrote the Avengers theme and a bunch of other famous movies. Okay, thank oh, you. Wow, I did like the music. I thought it was it's good music. Good. It's it's a yeah. great point you brought that up, Emily, because it's a trivia question later. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> spoil anything? It plays right into my hands. But um, so you guys say the music in this was good. I enjoy 80s music, so I've enjoyed the I, I do music enjoy in 80s most music. Of these. I think it was overused, but I like the way that they use music. Okay, so so my thoughts on this were every individual thing was fine. Yes. But I thought a schizophrenic chose all the different music for this because there's 14 different genres of music in this movie, and they're back to back to back, just flipping through. You'll have an 80s rock song, and then you'll have like the the haunting keyboard thing. And then there's like Gregorian chant halfway through. I did notice the Gregorian <laughs> chant. I loved it. I, <laughs> I think that was the part where I thought they were becoming a horror movie. I really wish it was. I thought they were going to kill the brother. I thought they were going <laughs> to... I thought they were going to raise the army of the dead. Uh, <laughs> Please, somebody raise this army. Please. Um, this movie is such a good example of I need, I need to take actual notes. And I can't rely <laughs> on my brain to remember anything like a normal film. So, well, I don't, even with notes, like, I don't know, what what happens? Okay, so yes. it introduces the characters. Yes. Um, and then you go to the next scene is, like, him. It's Julie at the gym, right? Julie yeah. at the gym talking yeah, to some other character. She's introduced to, like, the Russian, I guess he was Russian coach. Yeah, the Russian guy. coach is, like, do better. Um <laughs> And so that goes on for a while. They have a dispute about the music. Like what mm-hmm. music she's Her singing. music was terrible. I agree. It was I so hated bad. that. I hated that part of the plot. The it was... What, what did you hate about it exactly? Well, I, just, I, just, I don't know, like, the inner work. Like, I watch gymnastics. Uh, yeah. when I, You know, not right now because there's no gymnastics. But I do like to watch it when I can. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know um, how it works with gymnasts and coaches picking our floor music together. Um, but I, something I am pretty confident about is that coaches will 
I, I assume that the gymnast will be like, oh, yes, I like this music. Let's use this. Right. And they work together because coaches know their gymnast's strengths and weaknesses. So if you have this really beautiful artistic gymnast, you might want to give her something slow and pretty to really showcase how artistic she is. If you have a gymnast who tumbles and looks like an idiot when she does choreo, then you might want to do something more upbeat so they mm -hmm. can use their strength of doing really cool tumbling. So I just hated that whole thing. It's yeah. like, I want to use mine. Like, what? That's so <laughs> the dumb. music is not the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the music she had later was so much better. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I just, the first thing I thought was, mm -hmm. I hated it so much and they kept playing it. I didn't. <laughs> My, my comment on that is I totally agree that it's like an insane choice. I did like it as a character thing mm -hmm. of like this super overbearing coach where he's like micromanaging like the music that they pick and he's just picking it sight unseen. Mm -hmm. I, I like that they got to do that. And that's was sort of an arc of her. Like, so she's like, I can't cross him. Like I can't do other music. And I like that they built up and she's just like, she's like, I'm going in. Like I'm going to do it. It sort of reminded me, I don't know if anyone saw it, uh, does anyone know the movie? I can't remember the name of it now. The movie about Tanya Harding. Um, uh, I Tanya. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Because um, she has a similar thing where she like wants to have a different kind of music mm, um, while yeah. she ice skates, but all the people are like, the judges don't like that music. It's yeah, not gonna yeah, work. Yeah. So it at least made me think of that. I don't know if that was mm -hmm. intentional, but I don't know. So they have that scene setting up this, uh, you know, this plot conflicts mm -hmm. um, and, and at the beginning they sort of the the coach comes in and announces the whole gym that the there's going to be a big competition and uh, there'll be chances to get on the olympic u.s team mm -hmm. but in order to do that they have to go to this 100 they have to qualify this 100 person competition and then they have to place in the top 20 uh so that's sort of that's sort of the inciting incident so yeah. our Joe, Joe Ellen, what was her name? Juliet. Julie. Oh. Yeah. Is it Juliet uh, or Julie? It's Julie. 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 Oh, yeah, it's Julie. Julie. So Julie has come back, uh, ostensibly probably to train to get on the Olympic team. And then uh, Steve like snuck into the building through a window and hears this. He climbs he looks through at, a window, lights yeah. up a cigarette, and then watches from the rafters as and they make this announcement. Fashion. And his... And his stereotypical blonde 80s uh, athlete friend just sees him up there and just stares at him for a mm -hmm. bit. Uh, all got one. I will say that that part of the movie is accurate. They, they do have nationals. And mm -hmm. then from there, they pick the national team, which, I mean, there's like a ton of yeah. people on the national team. It doesn't really have any – I mean, it has bearing, obviously, but um, – and it's, it's good that you make the national team, but it's, it's not like the national team goes somewhere and competes. Like, from the national team, they'll, like, send people to compete. And then mm -hmm. after that, they'll have trials for Worlds. And uh, then that's when he talked about Six going to Rotterdam. He's talking about Worlds. Mm. Um, Is that so where they So he watched the... them compete at uh, the Nationals USA champ, whatever, which is all um, American gymnasts. Right. Sorry. I'm no, gonna do it, little more like that. No, that's because... useful. That's good to know. Yeah, um, so is worlds is worlds where they pick the the Earth team yeah. and they compete in gymnastics against teams from other other solar other systems. Milky, yeah, yeah. Other Milky, other well, other Milky Ways. Then they go to the uh, the different solar <laughs> systems. Right, There's yeah, many yeah. steps. It's such it's such an intricate process. 
It might be important to note at this point that uh, the actor playing actor uh, playing Steve Trevor River, yeah, is Mitch Gaylord, who was a <laughs> who was a, uh, a a gold Olympic, you know, the United States gold gymnastic team person. Okay, well, I was wondering that because he was doing real stuff. Yeah, he. Yes, so this it, is all him. He's it's like Purple Rain. Um, yeah. So. Uh, he, in 1984, he was a part of the men's team that won the team gold. Yes. Thank you, Emily, for saying that. Yeah. Well put. I, um, I was, I was going to ask that because it, it lingers on and, and shows their faces while they're doing mm-hmm. gymnastics in a way that other movies typically would cut away from. Right. And also, if you just look at their legs, mm-hmm. I was like, dang. Uh, they might be just like looking at those knees. I'm like, they're probably real gymnasts. <laughs> yeah. I was really hoping it was like that. Cause I was sitting the entire time being like, I hope this is like roller boogie where they went out and purposely got people who could do the stunts to be the actors. They're hiring astronauts to be minors or minors to be astronauts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what happens after that? So we get a scene, I think it's uh, Steve going home, correct? Yeah. We start building up okay. that. Yes. The refrigerator, it was beautiful. Is, oh, yes! Uh, driving crazily into the, the Trevor homestead. Uh, but yeah, we go home to set up the his sort of family conflict. The fridge is insane! <laughs> he just goes, it starts, I couldn't even tell what it was. He's I don't putting know his finger it. in it. He's throwing stuff. He well, pops open an egg. Like on his egg. And, and then he drinks goes, it. <laughs> yes. I wonder his dad it. doesn't want him to live at home. <laughs> Why is it every time he throws something, there's like a, a glass breaking noise? That was very funny. They have me. a lot of glass. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> he throws an empty eggshell and it sounds like he's like, he's throwing a brick through a china shop. <laughs> like he's throwing a diner chair through a diner window. Yeah, <laughs> it's like he's trying to destroy Kansas. <laughs> Uh, okay, so what all is set up there? Basically, his dad doesn't have a job. Um, yes. Yeah. And he's been working in the motorcycle repair shop. Yeah. Uh, his dad's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's pretty much. Yeah. His, his, his parents are having, are not getting along very well. His mom's upset, upset because she's like, look, I work all day and then I come home and then you expect me to cook and clean the entire time. And she's like, just maybe once <laughs> I would like to relax a little bit. <laughs> You know, which uh, it seems like a reasonable request. No, um, and uh, the papa, the papa will not have it. Um, and, and similarly, as as Steve sort of goes throughout this movie, and he realizes that he wants to compete on the gymnastics team, he first he's like, "I want to quit my job," and then he's like, "Well, I want to at least take reduced hours working as a motorcycle repairman in order to train mm-hmm. to go to nationals," uh, which papa will not have, or will he? Um, as we find out later, uh, you're nothing. You threw out your football scholarship. <laughs> I want, I want a, a movie that is a team composed entirely of all the char- movie characters who have thrown away full ride football scholarships <laughs> because I feel like it's such a common trope. It's like I had a full ride to go play football and you threw it all away. It's like that guy. It's like cyborg. It's like <laughs> it's just everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has skinny arms for a quarterback. Well, did, did he 
throw it? Did he throw away the scholarship because he broke his arm? Is that what happened? I I don't know. I think that was why he did it, but like he probably still could have went and played after it healed, but that just oh, sort yeah. of probably soured him on it a lot. I, I don't know. I guess. Also, if you were sorry, never mind. I'm going to go off on another gymnastics tangent. Please do. Please do it. If you were competing in gymnastics at that level, you can't also be playing football. You barely have time to go to school. <laughs> that just doesn't happen. Okay. That's well. That's how he's so good. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 He doesn't have to go do regular weight lifting because he's already swole from gymnastics. Yeah. So he saves time. Also, in the he's able to just dodge around all the other com- all the other players. <laughs> he does pirouettes. He jumps over the other guys. It's awesome. I would to take a brief side note to people who understand other sports better than me. I don't watch football, but I like the idea of trying to meta game it. If could I could I create a team? That is almost entirely gymnasts and they rather than like just building a, a team that is trying to max evasion rather than strength <laughs> you could do it now um, they may get an all hit. dexterity football team no i don't think that would work why <laughs> wouldn't it work exactly you um, could do all dexterity like running backs and receivers yeah. but you need you need some people to block you know why blocking is a dexterity of its own um, in the way that other people are providing it for what you. What if the other team can just never get the ball because we're, we're just dancing over them? <laughs> you never score? <laughs> we don't need to. <laughs> we wait until the very end, and then we score when there's like three seconds left. Yeah, Kyle, they work their way up the field, <laughs> then they run all the way back. <laughs> they just stop. <laughs> <laughs> they get another first step. Wait, that wouldn't work. Never mind. Shoot. It's like Bo Jackson on uh, it's like Bo Jack or Fulton. whatever. Yeah. Anyways, that's my that's my sports thought for the day. Um, <laughs> if anyone has more ideas about how I can make this team work, please email right. me. Um, uh, <laughs> whoa, dude, that's Unlimited big. Unlimited minutes. Unlimited. Um, Anyways, uh, where does the plot go from there? We have this. We should bring up the side plot with uh, Julie and her cousin. That's correct, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, 1980s. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. Which I love. I love that the way that he gets introduced is that he, um, <laughs> she knocks on the door, right? And then he just, he speeds to the door and then just like opens it and he's like, what do you want? Uh, it, was, it was very good. It was very funny to me. I appreciate that you call him Jesse Eisenberg because now I wasn't thinking you look like Jesse Eisenberg, but I had another, I thought he was a cross between like Kieran Culkin and like one of the who? Paul brothers, Kieran Culkin. I have no idea who that is, Eli. Brother of making Macaulay up names Culkin. of who? Is this real? Macaulay Culkin. How does he have a brother? Who's that? Home Alone Kid. Oh, but where did he get the brother? You could have just said that. Okay, Kieran Culkin uh, is the gay guy in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. It's been a while since I've seen it. The one he, the one that Scott Scott His Pilgrim roommate. lived with. His roommate, yes. Wallace Wells or something. What? Whatever it is. Jesse Smalls. Yeah, that's um, Kieran Culkin, Macaulay Culkin's brother. I, don't, I still don't understand how he got a brother. How he got one? Yeah. <laughs> Where did he come from? <laughs> did he come from? <laughs> how do you do that? <laughs> how, do, how does one get a brother? <laughs> Anyways, that's a story for another time. I've also been meaning, I have a, oh, 
I have something on my Outlook calendar. I have a meeting schedule with my parents. I've been putting it off for about 15 years. Nice. Um, so this might actually answer some of the questions I have. Um, anyways, moving on. Um, so the cousin is sort of bitter at first. Like he, Barely. he was in what? Barely. Barely. Well, like at first. He's fairly bitter. Oh, fair. I thought you said barely. No. He's barely bitter. Um, but he was in a car accident, correct, with his yeah, parents? And, and they both died. They both yeeted. He um, got injured. Yes. Yeah. So he's Which like he's on crutches wheelchair. now as well. But his I, level of... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I also... that How they uh, explained that in the movie was also weird to me. How did it happen? Well, because she's in his room, apartment, whatever. I don't know. I was multitasking while I was watching this. And then he was like, you've never been able to look at me the same since the accident. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, oh, Steve's here. I got to go. And then she gets in Steve's car and she's like visibly upset. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what's wrong? And she was like, his parents died in an accident. I'm like, what? <laughs> Wait. It's what? a very nonchalant ADR voiceover. Yeah. A lot of ADR in this movie. A lot of it. And I'm all about it. Also, he has a sick keyboard setup of like three sort of, you know, semicircle. He is the music yeah. man. Can, can we talk about how nonchalantly she just sort of brushes aside his complaint that no one visited him? He's like, <laughs> everyone forgot about me. He's like, he's like, I would have appreciated if like someone came and visited me and i know it's, there's something like they were in a different city which may have even been like across the country i don't recall exactly mm-hmm. and she's like i mean we were far away but it's like so your cousin's parents both died mm-hmm. so who are also related to you yes. um <laughs> and uncle just died horribly in a car crash and your cousin is injured and you're just like can't go back i'm busy doing triple Flips this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what they call them. Flip side, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's just sort of moved on from how she sort of just abandoned her cousin. But whatever. Yeah, like you do. She gets in the car with Steve. They sort of make out or something. Is that the Is that that same scene? It happens at some point. There's a lot of stuff. I can't remember the order. Mm-hmm. Like, so they make it, so, okay, so two main characters, two blocks of wood make out. Um, Steve, at some point, starts to reconsider getting into gymnastics. Um, mm-hmm. So he talks to his coach, who's like, maybe you should do it. Um, but he doesn't tell him, like, yeah, 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 do it. Yeah. It's kind of or weird. maybe not, I don't know. <laughs> Follow your heart, I guess. So that happens for a while. There's a lot of, the first half of this movie drags. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, we can just... We can jump to the uh, the qualifying thing. Yeah, let's go ahead. In the entire movie. Wait, no, we gotta talk about the part where the kid randomly almost eats off a cliff. That's that was like, after. That's after. That's after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh? That's before. That's before the uh, nationals. Yeah. But there's We're the talking- qualifying. Oh first. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry, I got confused. Which Julie does okay there, I think, and mm-hmm. she's in some big rivalry with Becky because she was like, Becky, you need to train me. And, oh my gosh, she's like, and she's like, okay, be here at this time, like Sunday or whatever. And she was consoling Steve, who was upset about something. So she was late. And Becky's like, you don't even care about this. And then hates yeah. her for the, a long time. 
but you know, I think she did okay, not great. Mm-hmm. And then Steve, he gets on the uh, the bar <laughs> thing where he hangs, and he starts doing the little flips over it. And then everyone's like, "What is he doing?" No, I have no oh, idea what's God. happening. He starts flipping <laughs> more. His friend's uh, like, "You idiot!" And he goes flying, <laughs> and he hits this other guy, and he goes like through a table or whatever. I just into the judges table. He goes yeah, through he goes the, the judges, judges table. table. And there was the one guy who was like keeping score just helping him up or something and he gets up his face is bloody that's not even him that was a different guy that was the guy oh, he hit right yeah that's what i mean the one that's guy the judge. Like helping him up oh i thought it was the guy who he was like hey how what score do i need he's like i'm not telling you it yeah, might have been that like, guy i but like yeah yeah he hit that guy and that yeah. guy's bleeding profusely <laughs> it looks like something out of 90s wwe well, i also love the <laughs> Steve isn't injured in the slightest, and he's just like, oh, I, I he's a human did. wrecking ball. Yeah, <laughs> and his coach he's is like, like, you do that, that again, I'm, you're you're kicked out of the gym if you do that again. And he's like, okay. But I still don't really know. Like, wait, I I guess he attempted the hardest dismount or something stupid. The like triple that. discus or whatever yeah. they called it. That's not what okay. it's. <laughs> anyway. It was something like that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I have seen, before I watched this movie today, I had seen one scene from this movie, and it's that one, because someone posted it, like, you know, there's a whole side of Twitter, we call it the Gymtronet, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. Gymtronet, <laughs> someone posted it, was like, look at this nonsense, because it's so ridiculous, and we all love it, because <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I also can't get over the, so he's on a bar, right, so it's, it's two, two bars, hold up another bar, mm-hmm. it forms the pie symbol. He's doing flips. He somehow goes off to the side. Yeah, that makes no sense. How? <laughs> like, he also went so far to actually be able to go through the table. I wanted there to get another guy. I also, because like, like as he's flipping around the bar, getting ready for the dismount, they're all like, "My God, he's done it! What, what's he thinking? It's like, how do you know what he's about to do? <laughs> he's gaining so speed." <laughs> But you have to have more speed for a better one. A reoccurring bit right. in this movie is that someone tries something and everyone stands up. Yeah, I really love that. They all know the inner monologue of every gymnast and what they're about to attempt. They know how crazy it is. Also, so can we just um, remind me to bring this up later, but let's bookmark that moment that Steve does the dismount because mm-hmm. that is a, a source it, it set my mind reeling, and we're going to get into it in changes and uh, maybe okay. sequel pitches. But I just wanted to, to have that set that kernel in there. The thing, the, oh, oh, sorry. I was just going to say that scene is the moment I went from being bored watching this movie to being extremely <laughs> intrigued. Oh, it, it totally picks up from there. I think yeah. like the back half of this movie is super, whether or not it's good, it's, it's very fun. enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. I think like the end, like the end gymnastic sequence, like I, it's generally like, like genuinely really riveting to watch them like perform mm-hmm. in a way that like watching the dancing and staying alive or roller boogie was not. Yeah. Um, that it did a lot for me. I think. Yeah. But the thing I don't understand about that moment when Steve fails to dismount, he collides with the judge's table. It doesn't like just like tap it. He destroys it. It's like, <laughs> It, there are no legs left. Like the whole table is down. He's injured someone. I just assumed, okay, well, he's out of the competition because he just killed someone effectively. 
Uh, he also, he's not. No he way. qualified. He qualified to go to the next round. And I don't he understand how. Thing we've seen all night. <laughs> I said, finally, yeah. some action. <laughs> and so this was the part of the movie that I wasn't paying attention to, but because uh, <laughs> I was trying to multitask. Yeah. But there are so men compete in six events, mm-hmm. and yeah. so. I guess he must have done really well on the other five events, and you would you would still get a good score. Like you would still get a, a, a score on the high bar. That's what he's competing on. It's just you would get hella deductions from your dismount. Judges that are no <laughs> <laughs> the ones who can't give a bad rating. Yeah. So yeah. maybe he scared them into giving him a good. Score. <laughs> I heard him whisper like, before he got in the bar. He said, if you don't want this to happen to the rest of you, you know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what happens after that. I'll be honest. What? So there's some more. He goes there's, back home. There's more he stuff found out His dad uh, is the one who broke his arm. There, there's another. So, yeah, we find out his dad's the one who broke his arm just during an argument about, mm. like, him giving his life away, like, wasting his life. And his mom? His mom was like, he's you know, he still cares about you. Maybe you could try. And I'm like, try. his dad broke he's his arm. I know. That, but she flips it to where Steve then says, it's my fault. When his dad broke his arm. <laughs> yeah. Not even now saying, like, Give he, me he, he maybe pushed him. They show it. He flips him, around, him around. around behind his back and just breaks his arm. Completely intentionally. <laughs> And also, like, the way that, like, they, they decide to show that he cares is that Steve's, like, really upset. He goes to his mom, and his mom aggressively throws down a book and does, like, a really aggressive shot, like, close on the book. And I go, oh, this is going to be big. Like, this is, like, something dangerous. And then you open it up, and it's just, like, he's cut out the clippings from Steve's performances, which is apparently supposed to be evidence that he really, really, really cares, uh, which, I mean... I guess you saved them, but it's like that's not really that big of a. He still broke his arm. Bar. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, but he really needs to get to the high bar. Yes, he has the newspaper where it says "Father breaks son's arm." <laughs> and he goes, "LOL, epic." Um, <laughs> Domestic abuse. <laughs> also, is that um, there, there's this is sort of intercut with this whole sequence where Steve goes out to. Uh, like this bar that's out in the woods between two yes. trees. You guys remember this? The is this 80s, meant to be on his property? The 80s outdoor training montage. Uh, Rocky Four. Which it's, it's a great, mo- it's a really, really interesting montage because this is another moment. So I brought up before the show started how I felt like this movie really wanted to be a horror movie. Yes. Um, and th- this is where it really started. I was like, <laughs> they might do it because there, there are three things that happen that make me think that it might become a horror movie. The first one is when the mom throws down the book and it has the dramatic um, framing on a book that you usually only see in a horror movie when it's like some sort of dangerous object. Like, I don't know how to articulate it, but that's <laughs> what happens. Uh, for a split second, I was like, could it, could it be? Could it be the book of the dead? Um, and <laughs> she's gonna be like, here's what's happening. But when he's, when he's doing the training montage in the woods on this bar, it's at night, it's, windy and it's got those like those ominous clouds and fog are all around and there's like the whooshing of the wind and it sounds like it's the forest where someone goes to die um but he just happens to be you know like the ghosts are out to prowl but he's just out there doing he's trying to dismount from the high bar um 
it's just like it's it's kind of ominous and it could very easily go a different direction also doesn't it like start raining and he's yes. still doing it i'm like you're gonna slip off of there and die <laughs> i legit thought he, i thought he was gonna be bridged to terabithia there <laughs> true true gymnasts have to be able to perform in any circumstance <laughs> Right. They're like the post office, rain or sleet, sun or shine, which I think is exactly their, their mm. uh, slogan. <laughs> so what happens after that? Is it another montage? Probably. There's um, the thing with the... Uh... Oh? Are you done? <laughs> All right. also... Not to go do more okay. gymnastics. I'm sorry? He, des- for me. he decides to quit gymnastics for a little bit. Yes. <laughs> that's what? another great scene that's another logical uh confusion of mine so he he decides to quit gymnastics yes. right he talks to his girlfriend Ju- julie yeah right? he's like in, i'm staying here in some place it looks like a cabin in the woods yeah. um but i think it's just our house another horror movie another yeah. horror movie um so he's just like yeah i think i'm gonna quit because it's not going well i nearly i killed three judges the other day well no no that's not that's not his reason what is what is it Sorry. his reason is he's like i've been thinking about it and i've been doing this for the wrong reasons What's um, the reason? i think it i think it was meant to tie back to the emotional arc with his dad where he's like now that i've forgiven my father i have no need to do gymnastics i have nothing to hold on to um and she's like, "You're stupid. You sh- you're being stupid." He's like, yeah, so "She calls him stupid, which is fair." Because uh, she also <laughs> she like tries to encourage him to keep going in like the worst way possible. Where she's just like, "If you stop now, you'll be a loser." <laughs> she both says, "If you stop, you'll be a loser," but she also says, "What are you going to quit next, me?" Which is like, "There's zero goes, first the football scholarship, now gymnastics. What's next, me?" And he's like, "No." It is such a slippery slope, though. I do know that I broke up with three people after I gave up my football scholarship, <laughs> so it could happen. Uh, but yeah, so this was like the night before the nationals. So she gets on the bus. The coach is like, "Where's Steve?" And they're like, "We don't know." And he's like, "Okay, oh, they leave. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we got a lot of chimneys. <laughs> I think we'll work it out. We got a whole bus full of them. It's like uh, there's like there are hundreds of them right here. <laughs> So the the only relevant thing that I can remember that happens between that point and the final big gymnastics competition is what happens with the little brother, <laughs> which is my favorite moment. I love it so much. It's Basically, a real Mac and me. It's it is such a Mac and me. So there's there's been this small subplot that oh it's in the over I think it's the very opening montage maybe mm-hmm. that the that Steve unveils this this tiny like all-terrain three-wheel dirt bike that he built in the mechanic shop for his little brother bright yellow you know it's like steve's motorcycle but a baby version um it's so so steve's dad and mom they, they have an argument steve's mom she's like i'm out she just goes to drive around and steve i think it's very, he gets back he doesn't know where she is yeah and he, I think he yells at his dad or something like that. They're arguing. Um, yeah, so he argues with his dad. His little brother gets upset. He couldn't be more than like 10 years old. Um, mm-hmm. And his little brother just runs out 
gets on his dirt bike and he just starts booking it out of the out of the house he like he drives out the driveway he immediately flips over he puts the book back, he puts the bike back up and then he just starts zooming through the woods which i love because then there's this whole sequence where steve is aggressively chasing his his brother as fast as they can through the woods it reminds me of the speeder scenes in the return of the jedi on the forest moon of endor that's all i could think about and I was like, are they going to like throw a rock in his, his tire and he's going to explode? I don't know. Um, but it's fun because they keep cutting between the kids and the, like Steve and his brother in the woods and a cliff. And it keeps cutting and cutting back to the cliff. And you're like, they're not going to do it. They surely, they wouldn't. And it's like at the last second, the kid, like he just sends his whole dirt bike off the, the cliff. He tries to kill. But she like, had so much time to stop before oh, he, he just doesn't. Well, I think he... Oh, sorry, he, go ahead. Come off? he tried to he tried yeah. to. he didn't oh. succeed he didn't steve seed um <laughs> but yeah so so the i guess the brother was mad and he was trying to destroy the dirt bike rather than just like completely ending himself but he he throws himself off like <laughs> literally like five feet before the cliff and then understandably keeps traveling off the cliff uh at which point um steve has to like reach down and like like grab his little brother uh in order to but for a moment you're like they actually did it you're like, they, they killed, killed him. Kid. i didn't think they actually would but i, I kind of hoped yeah i was yeah. like that would be what a good story that was the third moment where i thought it could make a turn i thought it was pulling a hereditary <laughs> where you're like all of a sudden the little the little uh little sibling side character <laughs> has died in an aggressive uh vehicular accident somebody parallels <laughs> it made me which of course you all would think nothing less of me um but it made me think of lord of the rings in the mm. in uh, uh the last one where frodo and Gollum, you know they fall off the thing and then Gollum falls into the lava and mm. then sam's like oh frodo and frodo's like hanging on <laughs> to the left oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was hoping it would be the lord of the rings scene where aragorn goes off the cliff into a river <laughs> and then later his his little motorbike would sort of Hitch him back on his body, back on. <laughs> but um, somehow this like reinvigorates him to go to the to nationals yeah. or something. I don't know. It puts when you put everything on the line, you find out what's important. He shows up like right as they're starting, yeah. and he sees uh, Julie. They reconcile, and his friend, whose name I don't know, is standing. Looks at him, just goes, "No idea." Ryan Lochte. No, yeah, it's, yeah, it's Ryan Kurt, just the, the whole movie, I kept calling him Kurt, Kurt Cameron on accident. You kept calling him who? Kurt Cameron on accident. But his name's Kurt Baker. <laughs> He's going to oh, say Christmas movies later. <laughs> um, so even though I think this last bit is genuinely very interesting, in terms of describing the plot, I mean, there's a gymnastics competition. There's a big gymnastics competition. Yeah. It's super tight. The lowest any judge gives is a 9.8. But and like three of them give tens. Judge number four gave out higher scores than the other people. I kept noticing that. <laughs> he's causing <laughs> he's causing inflation. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so you get to the end. I believe Julie uh, comes out on top. Right? Yeah, Julie mm-hmm. wins. She's and the, which, by the Kurt way, the top three are on the team anyway. The Olympic team. So, I thought it was the top six male. The top six. So the top six, 
they, so that they make the net. See, this is what I didn't like about because they're like this competition is so. so they're like a gajillion people that make it onto the national team, and then mm-hmm. they have a whole separate trials for worlds. Gotcha. It's like, is winning champs, is winning nationals a big deal? Yes, but it has no bearing on worlds or even the Olympics. So it's this is kind of like a life. dumbed down. Yeah. For us non gymnastics people, mm-hmm. understand. Mm-hmm. See, I was wondering that too, Emily, because they stress that like you get on this team, and then from there, you're able to get on the Olympic team. So I was like, all right, well, we've only done the first half. You know, like we've yeah. only gotten on the preliminary team in order to get on the team that they're trying to get they to. They were setting up the sequel, John. American Anthem 2, baby. So, Emily, one thing I kept noticing throughout this, everyone's routine looked the same, and I didn't understand why some got better scores because I'm like, yeah. oh, they, they did something impressive. This other person, they did something impressive too. Why does this one get a 9.9 and this one gets a 9.75? What's the difference? Answer. Yeah, so um, in like actual gymnastics, like real life gymnastics, that's not a fictional movie. Um, so how scoring works, how scoring is different now. Now they do, um, you have, your routine has a difficulty score and then you add the execution score to the difficulty score. But back then they just had the execution score. And so, you know, 10 So you can do a flip and get a 10. One flip. Huh? So there's no difficulty involved. I do one flip correctly, I get a 10. <laughs> well, there are different requirements for your <laughs> So, like, you have to have uh, this kind of element on beam. You have to have this kind of element um, on bars. But uh, if you have, like, before the new scoring, you could have, and I could be totally wrong, but this is how I understand it. Uh, before the new scoring with the difficulty, as long as you had all the elements, you could have an easier routine and execute it better and score and can be considered a better gymnast than the person who did a more difficult routine. So that's why they changed it to reward more difficult routines. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So but back in the eighties, they were still on the, the tent, the perfect 10 system. And so you do your routine and uh, the judges watch you and they take deductions. And so uh, I don't know if you all noticed this, but a lot of the routines, they, um, they didn't show the whole thing. Like, they'd be flipping, and then suddenly it would, like, pan to, like, the, the end of the routine, and then they'd be mm-hmm. dismounting. Um, so it's hard to say, like, whether the judging was accurate in a fictional movie. But how they judge uh, – so it's, like, form stuff. So, like, if your toes weren't pointed in this part of the routine, they take off a tenth. Or if, um, if your leap – if you didn't make your legs, like, horizontal or whatever, then they take off another tenth. Um, and so, yeah, most, <laughs> I don't have the eye for it. So even yeah. in like actual gymnastics, most of the routines look the same to me. <laughs> um, but those judges are looking for every single specific detail and every mistake is like another 10th or an even a mm. whole point or whatever. It just depends on the mistake they make. So I have a question. Okay. Um, when they would land. So they did the thing where everyone stands up, right? Someone, someone lands, but they, they're sort of off balance, you know, and everyone stands up. Is he going to fall? Um, but it seemed like so long as they didn't fall over and they stood back up, it was a-okay. But I figure if you're wobbly, that's worse than just totally fine. But it didn't seem like that mattered. Yeah. So I also didn't get that because obviously a complete total stick. Yeah. Um, you don't get any deductions. If you take, 
elite, but if, if you take a step out on your dismount, that's a deduction. Um, if you, if you win with your chest down, that can be a deduction. Um, so I don't know. I guess they're just really thankful that they landed. Cause obviously if you don't land, that's a huge deduction. Yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> do they have like, a lot of knee injuries? Cause that look, do they have a lot of knee injuries? Cause most of that looked very bad on your knees. <laughs> Yeah, um, a lot of gymnasts have to tape up their knees. There's lots of knee injuries. There's lots of ankle injuries. Um, some gymnasts have issues with their shoulders because of bars. Um, yeah, a lot of it's in the legs. I'm not laughing about the injuries. This is a really funny movie. Uh, so, <laughs> so Which I hated that injury. whole thing with Becky, but I... Yeah, I yeah. Yeah, that was. I hated that. I hate that because I'm gonna 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 go on another tangent. Um, But I don't know if you all have followed. Basically, gymnast. A lot of gymnasts right now. They're they've been inspired by the documentary Athlete A, which is about Larry Nasser, and a lot of gymnasts are speaking up about the abuse that they face. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like it's all over the world. Gymnastics has a, a. a really toxic culture and so i hated that thing with becky where she like her knee was hurt but she kept going and then like at the end on the floor she's like crying and her coach Mm -hmm. has to come and carry off and everyone gives her a standing ovation that was stupid which of course this movie is in the 80s so like all that stuff hadn't come to light yet but it's like that is so toxic that is like you should never have to put yourself in that kind of position to where you're going to seriously injure yourself to finish the competition Mm -hmm. Wasn't that her decision, though? Maybe yeah. I'm misremembering. Like, he didn't tell her. I thought he told her to not go out. Um, I mean, I don't I don't remember her. I just remember him being like, you pushed it too much. Tape it again. It could have yeah. been her decision, but just, like, the culture the around question. it may create, yeah. you know, an environment where it's encouraged still. Mm-hmm. Even if he said right. not to. Mm-hmm. Right. I, He's I, definitely hurting course- me more. <laughs> In the 80s, this hadn't happened yet. Like, you know, yep. gymnastics is still really great. It's super yep. awesome that these gymnasts push themselves to these horrible limits. Yeah. I, I will say, I feel like if I was in her position, I would do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Because you're, you're at the chance. I mean, like, I'm not saying, I'm not happy about it, right? But, like, yeah. if you put yourself in the mindset, you've been training for this thing, like, effectively your whole life. Um, and it's just like, you're going to push yourself too far yeah. to try yeah. to make the national team. And if you made it, you could prop. I assume there's a decent amount of time in between. Yeah, it's definitely those. not a good mindset, but like yeah. I understand where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just depend. You know, there are a bunch of different knee injuries, but depending on the knee injury you have, it could be really difficult yeah. to come back in time for something like Worlds. Mm-hmm. And with if, you know, once again, this is a fictional movie, mm-hmm. but making the national team. Okay, like for example, this last nationals, uh, Riley McCusker didn't compete on all of the events because she had a stomach virus and she still made the national team just because they're like, we know Riley McCusker's good. Just throw her on there. So, mm-hmm. and Riley McCusker is still in contention for the Olympics. That's wild. That seems so. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, that's, I mean, it's a positive change, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I believe. Specifically... Uh, I about the agents. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt I believe... also wins. Who? Also wins? Kurt, Kurt, uh, Kurt. Steve Sprin. Oh, that was the yeah. same. Blonde hair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he wins, and then Steve he can't 
get past third. The guy's like, you need this score. And he's like, okay. okay. So he gets up there. He only needs like a 985. So he can just do a regular uh-huh. thing and probably get it. And pretty much regardless, he's going to qualify. Mm-hmm. But he starts spinning again. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, my God. <laughs> the bikers are freaking out. <laughs> the bikers are so good. Everyone stands up. <laughs> I like it if you when you pan to the bikers, it was all of them and just his tiny baby brother in the middle of these thirty burly dudes. I really like that. Oh yeah, right before he goes up, his he looks to the uh, stands and his dad is there now. Yeah, and his dad gives him a look that's supposed to yeah. like make him do better. Yeah, and, and then, then he, he does. Sort of mime, he mimes. You don't do well. He <laughs> mimes breaking his arm again. <laughs> I was gonna say that's what he's gonna do. <laughs> he goes, "You dead son, don't come home." <laughs> but he he does it this time he doesn't break a table or someone else's face no no he he so. if he had done it again he would have gotten an offer from the wwe yes. <laughs> we know we know a place where athletic people can break tables they would change his name to steve tear um but... <laughs> my god my god uh... <laughs> so it's all hugs and smiles except for the one guy who probably got booted off of the team because he got because Steve did better than him. But sad. well, Steve was already going to make it, I think, because he was in third or he fourth at that time. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, good sportsmanship from everybody. I was happy that there wasn't some random evil gymna- gymnast mm-hmm. at the end. I love the very friendly rivalry they had with the other guy who was like the the best gymnast yeah. in the US. He like gave him a thumbs up. He just like yeah. immediately after they yeah. give the scores, like that man was not upset for a second. He just goes, "Yeah," <laughs> and they all just look back at him, holding up number one. And it's like he's congratulating you. Yeah. Where's this toxic culture you're talking about, Emily? All it I see doesn't is- exist. <laughs> I all see I see is brotherly love. Philadelphia would be proud. <laughs> but yeah, that's. That's American and Anthem. The, that is American Anthem. Over a poopy colored uh, background. <laughs> Whew, that's a film. That is yeah. a film. Enjoyable. So Maybe the best one we've seen. Yeah. Oh, you got, you got some trivia. Oh, I have some trivia. Uh, so before I get to the questions, I'm just going to run through a couple of interesting facts that I found. Um, this movie didn't make any money. It lost money. Lost two million dollars, and the only interesting other interesting facts are about uh, Julie. Her actress Janet Jones had a couple of interesting facts about her. So she actually was a background dancer in Staying Alive. So she's already yes. Oh wow, crossover. She will later appear in the Zero Oscars. She has a role in Police Academy Five. Yes. So we'll we'll see that later, and then another connection. Um, this, this isn't really a connection connection, but John mentioned, um, so Pia Zadora, right? In the Lonely Lady. Yeah. She did a semi-nude photo shoot for Playboy mm-hmm. to like promote that film. Janet Jones also did a semi-nude photo shoot for Playboy to promote this film. This which film? Is apparently, huh? This film? Yeah, apparently. Why? I don't know. That's something people did back in the day, I guess. To promote the film. <laughs> promote the film, John. We're talking about it. I don't know this is in the industry. Clearly. John, this is advertising. <laughs> um, this is just also, what you do. She's also married to Wayne Gretzky, which oh. is important, but I wanted to mention it. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I was going to mention it if you didn't, because I was trying to like look and 
look up to see if mm-hmm. like what real gymnasts were used mm-hmm. and ended up finding that which wasn't helpful but <laughs> another fun fact is they are being investigated for placing bets on hockey games yeah. so no way <laughs> and we're investigating them podcast. that would be an awesome investigative series we start bringing on people that know her <laughs> <laughs> she's super don't focus on time. wayne gretzky at all Okay, we so. we only call Wayne Gretzky her <laughs> Julie from American Anthem's husband. <laughs> you may not have heard of him. He's married to this actor. <laughs> you remember her. <laughs> okay. So I have four questions for you. Okay. Uh, there's very little trivia about this movie, so some That's of these fair. are tangentially related at best. That's okay. Okay. So this film was nominated, not one, but nominated for a Golden Raspberry Award in 1987. Mm. Which Golden Raspberry Award was it nominated for? Was it A, Worst Picture, B, Worst Director for Albert Magnoli, C, Worst Actress, Janet Jones, D, Worst Screenplay, or E, Worst New Star of Mitch Gaylord? I want it to be E. (laughs) Okay. We've got an E. Oh, I'll go E because I don't think it was worst picture. And well, you just said it was nominated. This right? is just yeah. nominated. It didn't win. I don't think it's worthy of that nomination. Gotcha. I I'll throw it in for worst picture. Worst picture. It is yeah. E. Mm. Which I a hundred percent. This is probably the worst acting I've it's seen. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. E. Good lord. Um. But man, he can do gymnastics. He can really, he's really good at gymnastics. <laughs> Maybe he should have stuck to it. So next question. This one is a stretch, so be ready. <laughs> American gymnast Jake Dalton cited American Anthem as his inspiration to make it big in gymnastics. That's real. Uh, he watched it when he was seven. He would go on to be a member of the U.S. men's gymnastics team in 2012 and would perform at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. As a measure of how inspirational American Anthem was to him, how well did the U.S. team do in 2012? <laughs> did they get gold? And was it very inspirational? Or was it not that inspirational? Because Hi, I would like to... <laughs> Emily answers last. Emily, you got to answer last, because you might actually know. I don't want to read through all these, so just A is gold, and then we're going to go all the way to E, which is fifth place, which obviously isn't getting any yeah. sort of... Okay, battle, but... so... I know in 2016, the women's team did really good. So yeah. I'm going to assume the men's team isn't good. But this was 2012, right? Yeah, yeah. This was so I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to assume the women's team's usually good and the men's isn't. So I'm going to say D for fourth place. Okay. D. I'm so torn because th- this is a very inspirational movie. Right. So they must have. Surely it well. took them to the top, right? Uh, I'm going to go in with gold. Gold, Okay. So I'm, I know I'm pretty positive they didn't make podium in 2016. Okay. I want to say they didn't in 2012 either, but if they did, it was bronze. I don't remember though. Okay. The answer is E. They came in fifth place. The movie I was, was closest. No. <laughs> they, I, I understand. Knew, I was such pretty an sure they didn't make the podium. Movie. Um, according to Wikipedia, they haven't made gold since 1984 when yeah. Mitch Gaylord won it. <laughs> so, yeah, the men are not very Mitchie good. Mitchie Gaylord, he killed them. 
Yeah, he didn't. He did what others could not, I guess. Um, did he stop competing? But that was not 84? acting. Uh, he didn't like fully retire, but I don't think he was in the Olympics again. Gotcha. Okay, next question. Alan Silvestri composed and conducted two themes in American Anthem, which were Julie's theme and Steve's theme. I don't remember them being particularly memorable, but he also put together the rest of the soundtrack. Silvestri has been nominated for several awards for his stuff, not for this film, uh, including the Academy Award for Best Original Song and Best Original Score. Which of the following film scores is Silvestri not credited for? Oh, no. A, Forrest Gump. B, Beowulf. C, Contact. D, The Mummy Returns. Or E, Purple Rain. E. I'm also going with E. Going with E? (laughs) I feel like I should know this being the music major, but I don't. So I'm also going to go with E. I feel like Prince did most of the music there himself. <laughs> That's the word on the street, at least. Yeah, Austin yeah. from Boston would know the answer probably, but he's not here. Um, not yet. I thought that might throw you off because uh, the the director of this film directed Purple Rain. <laughs> Wait, so uh, was it Purple Rain? Yes, Purple Rain. Okay. He didn't do Purple Rain. It wasn't a yeah. Billy Vanilli situation. He did do Mummy Returns, Contact, Beowulf, and Force Gump, though. Contact is so good. I agree. I really like Contact. Big fan. So this next question, I think John will greatly enjoy. So Mitch Gaylord, <laughs> uh, actor extraordinaire, yeah. also served as a stunt double in a few films. So the question is, which character in which film did Mitch Gaylord serve as a stunt double? So I'm going to give you a character and a film, and you're going to tell me which one he was that stunt double for. That's a good question. Yes. Was it A, Chris O'Donnell's Robin in Batman Forever? Was it B, Chris O'Donnell's Tartion the Three Musketeers? C, Chris O'Donnell's Robin in Batman and Robin? Or was it D, Chris O'Donnell's Ernest Hemingway in, in Love and War? <laughs> You know, I, I really see Mitch Gaylord as an Ernest Hemingway clone. Someone told me. He looks exactly like what I assume Ernest Hemingway well, probably so looked like. That's an interesting thing you bring up, Kylan, because some people would say he doesn't look like Ernest Hemingway, but he does look like Chris O'Donnell, who some people would say looks like Ernest Hemingway. I don't know who Chris O'Donnell is, so I'm going to say... He's, 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 the guy, he's the guy who... Um, I believe, what was his name? Mitch Gaylor was a stunt double for in <laughs> Batman and Robin. Perhaps. I've not seen any of those Is movies. Right? Or, or, no, it's not my answer. Okay. Um, I Just because I think that would be too late. Too uh, late, okay. Yeah, Batman Forever. You're going Batman Forever? Okay. I'm, I'm going Batman Forever too, just because it makes sense. He would need oh, to do so flippity-thing for Robin. Wait, what? He would need to do flippity-things to be Robin. But he can do flippity things. That's what I'm saying. So it would make sense for him to be the stunt double for that movie. Gotcha. You are aware there are two Batman movies in this. Well, I just picked one. I don't know. Fair enough. Kylan? I'm going with Ernest Hemingway from what I assume he looks like. I don't know any of his books, but I assume he looks like Chris Gaylord. He wrote them while he was uh, upside down on (laughs) one stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
all the blood rushed to his head so he could be a better writer. Yeah. Uh, the answer is Chris O'Donnell's Robin in Batman Forever. Yes. I Because uh, Batman and Robin was like too late, right? Surely. Yeah, that's like 97. Yeah, that's pretty late. Yeah. That's the uh, only reason I, I qualified. Well, I threw that in there. Uh, I was really struggling. Originally, I was not going to have it all be Chris O'Donnell. But <laughs> it was perfect, though. It was a beautiful uh, question. Thought, what other actor does he look like? He looked, I, I just looked up Hemingway. It's a perfect quote. I had to scrub some IMDb page. Uh, like Same stunt guy. Double fruit. He's Same guy. Right. Mitch Gaylord, why are you holding <laughs> Mitch, no. <laughs> That is all the trivia. Mitch, please. That was incredible trivia. Thank you. Thank you. I did what I could with what little I had. <laughs> Chris O'Donnell's rop. <laughs> You're two sides of the same coin, Mitch Gaylord and Chris O'Donnell. Uh, terrible. Um, anyways, moving on. <laughs> Hard segue. If, if you guys were able to make, I know we shouldn't even talk about making alterations to such a film that was so inspirational that it allowed the U.S. gymnastics team to place fifth in 2012. <laughs> but, you know, maybe we could try. Um, <laughs> if you guys could make any change uh, to this movie, what would you do? Hmm. I would have the coach be played by Henry Winkler in a similar role to the coach from The Waterboy. <laughs> Not the coach from Barry? <laughs> I forgot about Barry for a moment. I want a Barry situation where he sort of, he an assassin wanders into that that room while they're, they're saying, we're going to try out for the Nationals team. And he kind of just gets roped into it all. He just gets caught up in the moment. In the moment. I have some very simple sound changes that I would mm. like to make. So I think something we could agree on is that there's a lot of ADR in this movie yes. that's done expertly. Seamlessly. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, well, I think there are a couple of missed opportunities um, for some some sound effects. Um, and I have three that I can think of. More off Wilhelm the screams. Yeah, <laughs> more Wilhelm screams. That's like, okay, I have four. So the little brother when he goes off the cliff. The first one is when the little brother rolls off the cliff. I just want that to be the sound of a bowling ball going <laughs> down the lane. Uh, my second bowling-related noise change is going to be when he flips off of at the first competition and hits the judges. I want there to be a bowling pin noise and also the Heming the the Hemingway scream, the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> I want I want a sound clip of Ernest Hemingway screaming. Uh, I, number, I have one. Give it to me. Please. Uh, number no. four is every time someone jumps, I want to, a little bwong noise to happen. And that is all. Just so they're hopping. And... Anyone else? I like it. Thank you. I. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you have a change of mind, Emily? No, go ahead. All right. So my change, uh, this is not a significant one. But I, there were there were several points where visceral images 
came into my head right before something happened, almost as if they were premonitions of the film to come, but they didn't quite pan out. And some of them I would like to happen. So Eli, you brought up the moment when uh, Mitch Gaylord, AKA uh, Steven or whatever his name is, Steve. Trevor Ruber. Yeah, Trevor Mella. Um, he's he's at the qualifications he's doing the spin he's building up to the dismount you can feel the energy in the room it's palpable it's electric people are on their feet they're ready they're they're like they're like he's gonna do it and I don't know why but my brain as he was about to dismount was just like he's gonna do it he's gonna fly off the bar and he's just gonna keep going up and he's gonna fly (laughs) through the ceiling he's gonna fly away and we're gonna have a a very We're going to have a very different movie on our hands. Yeah. And so I would like that to happen where instead of him dismounting and hitting the judge, maybe he can still do that, but he just keeps, he he spins and spins and spins. He keeps going faster and faster and faster and faster. And he just takes off. He goes through the roof. He goes hundreds of feet in the air and then he comes back and then he still collages the judge's table. (laughs) I just don't know why it was so real to me in that moment, but it was like I, I was there. That's fantastic. Emily? Um, so I'm not as funny as you all. Um, but if Disagree. I could change, I would change basically the whole movie by making that first part of that weird tension of like with his dad and then with Julie and all that stuff, if that would just last like maybe 20 minutes and then the rest of it's just gymnastics. Like, let me see every routine that was at that competition. Mm. But that, that's And then also, can we take out, like, can we please light up the arena and take away like the lights and stuff? Because no gymnast can can do gymnastics like that. There's, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Good change is fair. A good change, for sure. Now, in the same vein, you're, you're a young, hungry marketeer. You're trying to break into the movie biz. Your agent's able to secure the coveted American anthem intellectual property. You know, you've got, you've got a, a, a pitch tomorrow with network executives you got to pitch american anthem too where do you take this series what's the logical next step in building up the franchise that is american anthem strong i have two ideas my first idea is a sequel where you know mitch gaylord's been doing good as you know he's been doing good in the uh, olympics and all that and his biker boss looks on and thinks i'm inspired his biker boss decides to get into gymnastics and this inspires a bunch of bikers to get into it. So they're doing like the high bars while smoking cigarettes in <laughs> leather jackets. They're doing their four routines to like anthrax and Metallica and they, you know, they're taken over and there's, you know, some conflict with the establishment hmm. gymnastics being like, this has got to go. It's really a happy Gilmore situation but they keep going and eventually his biker boss has to compete against Steve at the Olympics and they both wait for the score and then we cut to black. You never know who wins. My prequel, my prequel idea is you see when they open the book, one of the article titles just says it does not give any context. Tavari victimizes Cardinals. I did see that. I think the Catholic Church is going to be very upset with him. And this leads to some conflict where Steve Tavari has to fight some corrupt cardinals 
you know, within the Catholic Church on the orders of the Pope. And that's when he victimized the Cardinals. So those are my two ideas to further this this franchise. I'm very interested in those films. (laughs) Okay, so I have one. It's not fully fleshed out, but hopefully by the time I finish this sentence, it will be. Uh, so, is it? No. Uh, it's, <laughs> I've actually forgotten what I was going to say uh, somewhat. So in, in the next film, this is a sequel. Mm-hmm. This is a few years down the line. We're not going to the Olympics this time. This is just a friendly competition between uh, superpower nations of the world. It's America and the Soviet Union. So we're doing a little bit a la Rocky IV. Um, the Soviets have their, their uh, comp- competitor, uh, whose name is like Steve Trotsky or something. Um, and we have the American hero, Steve Trevor River. And so, <laughs> so they, they, you know, they meet up, they meet up, like maybe, maybe they do all the stuff on the Berlin wall. I'm not sure. They attach like pipes to the Berlin wall so they can do all their tricks. And at some point, Steve is spinning and spinning and spinning, spinning the, the, the American Steve. And <laughs> so like everyone stands up, you know, uh, as is now a reoccurring thing in these movies. They stand up, they go, he's going to do it. Oh God. Um, to which Steve, I imagine when he's spinning, he's like, what do they think I'm going to do? He doesn't even know, but they're already aware. Uh, and he lets go and he dismounts onto the other side of the Berlin wall. <laughs> he's crossed the streams, right? Uh, and everyone loses their mind. David Hasselhoff is there. Uh, but then Steve Trotsky comes up and is like, I will break the wall. <laughs> and they start like, they spin and like kick it every time they spin. Wait, so Trotsky wants to destroy the Berlin Wall. Uh, he does after he saw the amazing, uh, <laughs> it's sort of a la uh, Creed where Ivan Drago has now um, he doesn't like the Soviet Union anymore, uh, except that's 20 years later. But don't worry about that. This is yeah, it's Creed, too. Uh, this is Steve Trotsky, please. So Have some respect for the man. He immediately recognizes the, the American ingenuity and power of accidentally landing on the other side of a wall. So uh, everyone in the audience just immediately construes what Steve uh, Trevor River did as a massive political movement when in reality, it was actually a failure of movement uh, on Trevor's part. <laughs> and uh, the Berlin Wall comes down, uh, and it's called American Anthem East-West Berlin uh, Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Incredible. Emily, do you have a sequel for American Anthem in mind that you'd like to share with us? So mine is quite simple, and once again, not nearly as funny. Um, mine's a trilogy, okay. because I think this goes in an obvious direction. The next mm-hmm. movie uh, is them getting ready for Worlds, and then the yeah. movie after that is them getting ready for the Olympics, okay? Um, and basically, the plot is the exact same in the second and the third movie, where Steve's like, I'm not going to do gymnastics anymore, and then he randomly does. <laughs> Does and his then, dad but, keep breaking his arm between every yeah, movie? Yeah, Does his brother go back. off multiple cliffs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're just higher cliffs. Higher I mean, and he's higher. going off Mount Everest. <laughs> 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 
I like it. I I, I would watch that. I would watch that narrative. And Julie yeah. still develops none. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> she chose her music. Big development. She keeps changing her music. Her cousin keeps writing new music. And the coach is like, no, you must use this one. And then I like it. I do like the idea that she starts challenging herself to like the what's the most goofiest music I can. <laughs> That'd be really good. It's what is it that one thing that's like four fifty three or whatever where it's just silence. Four thirty three, yeah. Four thirty, yeah. She just it's performs a good song. Well. Yeah. That'd be so funny. I liked uh, Gabriel Brownfield's rendition at Coffee House, circa twenty nineteen. It was beautiful. Pretty strong stuff. They got about two minutes in. <laughs> John, what is your sequel? This is such a good question because I sort of, I'm in two minds right now because I sort of talked about the concept, the visceral images that I had for uh, another movie. I would like to see this movie, a change to this movie that leads into a sequel, which would be that they're genuine, it genuinely does become a horror movie at some point where they have to fend off against a zombie hordes. And there's a scene, of course, I mean, it's an iconic scene. It writes itself, really, where Steve is just on the, the high bar and he's just spinning and spinning and spinning. And each time there's just zombies all around and he's just kicking heads off like <laughs> repeatedly. I really just want any movie that will get me there. Um, I, do, I do also, I, I sort of like Kylan, I have a second thought where, like you brought it before, Eli, you brought up the Itania connection, which mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of, of connections between figure skating and gymnastics. Um, and specifically, I would like to see, there's now, Itania centers around a prominent injury that occurs to an important rival, which ultimately leads to Tanya's demise. Now, interestingly, you might not have seen it, there is room for a, a movie that acts like Back to the Future 2, where it overlaps the same ground that we covered in American Anthem, but it just shows it from a different perspective. Because right. there's also a plot and an injury going on in American mm-hmm. Anthem. It's not that Becky overworked her knee. It's that it was someone came into her dressing room and they just sort of went on it. And the question is, who did it? Who in the team has it out for Becky? Yeah, we gotta find out. We gotta do some investigation. So I think there, there's there's a good there's a good movie mm-hmm. in there that is about us trying to find out as the investigators what happened, who injured Becky's knee. And spoiler, it's the guy who we thought was really nice who gives the nice thumbs up after we lose. I don't know why he did it. I don't think he should have, but I think it was him. How would that help him at all? She was I don't understand. They're in different competitions. What does he have to gain? That's why it's the perfect crime. No, it's the cute little girl, Tracy, that they were like, oh my gosh, good job. You won third. You won bronze. Is she in the same competition? She looks like she's Is she the tiny baby one? Yeah, like that with a cute curly hair. I like it. Oh, I know. And I'm sorry, the the plot's writing itself because (laughs) I know. So... Our, our, our rival, he may not have done it personally. He sent in a guy. Now, who in this movie has experience causing injuries? You know, it's Steve's dad. So Steve's dad has been commissioned to hurt Becky's knee. And why? For what reason? We have to get to the bottom of it. He convinced him to do it. Okay, so he convinced the dad to do it because that would help Julie's chances. Steve did? Uh, no, uh, 
the nice guy. The nice guy. Yeah, but it still doesn't explain why the nice guy did it, but it explains why, why is he broke Julie, yeah. Mom, the mom earlier tells Steve, he loves you, you just can't see it. And it's because he's performing back, <laughs> back uh, illegal mechanisms, illegal processes to essentially cause the competition to go in the way of Steve and his loved ones. The dad may yeah, think that Becky's in the same low. competition. I'm, uh, my computer's about to die. I will try to get my charger, but it'll probably die before I get to it. Looks like your computer go, go, go. on this, too. Now that she's gone, the podcast can really start. Finally, yeah. What do you guys really think about American Anthem? Uh, gosh, what a film. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I, I, thought, I enjoyed well, the, it a lot. Oh, we lost her. <laughs> the farther away I get from it, the more positively I remember it being fun. I I I think of the movies we've watched. This is one where I'm like, I would watch this again with a group. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In a way I that would I wouldn't. Roller for... movie again with a group as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's got that same. This is really stupid vibe. Hmm. But that. enjoyable, stupid. Yeah. 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 I think this is the most enjoyable. Yes. Yeah. Which I don't know how exactly you guys are ranking your movies. Mm-hmm. I think earlier on I was trying to rank them just on as movies. Yeah. Getting harder because it's like. I like this one so much more than nearly all the other movies that we've watched, but as a film, I don't think it's the best that we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I also started off trying to do that, and I've sort of started going on what I've enjoyed recently. No. I okay. think that's how to do it, because at the end of the day, like, uh, I'd rather be entertained by my mm-hmm. movie, you know? That's like, true. that's I the mean, point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to learn anything. Yeah. I may need to reorganize my... Uh, my list then yeah which should lead us into our next episode yeah so yeah. true there she is hey welcome back welcome I'm back. back i'm on my phone now gotcha gotcha do you do you want to lead us into um superlatives we're, we're what uh what award if you're so we're 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 in a culture where we give participation trophies right like what, yeah, what yeah. is the award that you give to American Anthem just for trying, you know? Um, have you already done yours? We have not done no. ours. If you need some time, we can go ahead. I need some inspiration. Let me hear y'all's. Okay, okay. I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> I will say best use of the rings that are, you know, represented by onion rings in the Fry Cook games. In a TV, in a movie or TV show that's not SpongeBob related, <laughs> an excellent award. Uh, I would say I give American Anthem the award of best scene involving a young child flying off a cliff in a vehicle that only has three wheels. Okay, I was gonna, I was gonna question you on that one. No, I understand. I understand. There's another film that... Oh, there's another film. We'll We're going to get to it. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. I don't know when that one, when uh, we get to Mac and me. I don't know. That's probably that's, a while. Yeah, That's not that far. It's really? not. Yeah, it's relatively soon. Because it was an 80s movie, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. and we're, what, 87? Six. No, oh, six. 88. So we are, we have three more movies and then Mac and me. Oh, wow. Okay. We're, we're a like, bit close. Um... I'm going to say best montage in the woods scene where the main character has clearly brought along their own fog machine 
or hype a value <laughs> for himself. Emily? I'm still struggling. Um, Probably not inspiring. Well, uh, it got it got my brain ticking, but I still didn't have time because I'm just not as funny and creative as you people. That's not um, true. You're a musician. That makes you more creative. Okay, but it like, definitely not makes you more way. funny. <laughs> um, I will say, uh, best. Hmm, I don't know how to word it. Just, just hold on for the ride. Um, That's all good. <laughs> best uh, use of a crash on high bars that doesn't even make sense with physics. <laughs> it really doesn't. I like it. How does he go left? <laughs> he goes so far off course. Maybe he let go with the right hand, held on with the left hand well, for just a moment. To spin himself around. It's an intentional act. Like we... That earlier, he I was remember. throwing his football. He was throwing his gymnastic scholarship with a fake injury. It was like Troy purposely getting hurt. Next, he's gonna throw her. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, shall we move on to our final set yeah, of yeah. questions? First off, do you think this deserved a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes? And two, what do, would you personally rate this movie? Let's just say out of 10. This does not deserve a zero. I give it a five. I'm going to say it does not deserve a zero. On Rotten Tomatoes, I think it should have around a 35 to 40. And mm -hmm. I'm going to give it a four and a half out of 10. Mm. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same as Kyle. And I was thinking around the, the 35 percent range that's very reasonable and i would say i don't think it deserves a zero percent and i don't know exactly what it would deserve on rotten tomatoes uh just ranking in terms of how much i enjoyed watching the movie i would give it like a six and a half nice out of ten it was extremely enjoyable it was yeah. it was fun once we got to that just bowling pin, the, <laughs> the second half, it picks up quick. It just, yeah. Yeah. It just kept going up. It's a good example of a bad movie that you would watch with a group yeah. uh, in, a, in a way that some of these have not been. Yeah. Like The Lonely Lady. Fun for everyone. Fun for the whole family. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, before we go, uh, Kylan, what are we watching next week? Well, we're going to be watching Jaws The Revenge, the fourth movie in the Jaws franchise. Incredible. And I know what you're thinking. They made four? Yes. <laughs> so they're all on HBO, and I was looking at just like the, like the title, thumb, like the thumbnail pictures for each one. Three already looks ridiculous. Like it's like three guys just like, <laughs> like in like a Florida. Um, <laughs> Uh, like a SeaWorld type place. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited to watch that movie. <laughs> but also, before we watch and review it with a, another special guest, we will be discussing potentially, you know, our top 10 so far since we have reached, you know, our first milestone mm -hmm. of the podcast. So sort of see how each of us rank the 10 past movies 
against each other. So we're going to have our 10 episode retrospective. We are going to compare our lists. We'll, we'll link to all of them on Letterboxd. I believe we've all been updating them. Yep. Um, and then we will discuss how our thoughts maybe have changed about those films uh, since we watched them and how we think of them in comparison to the rest of them. So, yeah, look forward to that. I think that'll be an additional bonus. It won't be a proper week release, but I'm excited for it. Uh, Eli, it looks like you had something to say. Am I wrong? I cut my thumb. Oh, no. Yes. What'd you do? I was just fiddling around with the pocket knife. You kids, stop this. I I don't know what to do with my hands, like um, Will Ferrell and Talladega Nights. So I usually have something that I'm just flipping around. And I didn't think it was that sharp because it's really old. Eli, that's why Dale Gribble smokes. Well, dull is almost worse. Dull, dull blades are worse than yeah. like sharp knives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's fun to think about. Anyways, it's well, I, thumb, so. I hope you are able to repair. That's your gaming thumb, like your <laughs> other thumb. How am I going to get the space bar? This is the first time we've had blood on the show. <laughs> but not the last. It's a, it's a new <laughs> milestone. I imagine there'll be a lot more with Michael James. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. You just spoiled the guess. Oh, was I not supposed to do that? Well, we'll cut oh, that. I don't know. I don't they know won't matters. listen to They won't listen yeah, to yeah. Spark. No one won't. Um, Our analytics tell us no one makes it past 10 minutes. (laughs) The analytics say four people have listened to this show. Um, And they're probably the same four. It's probably just the same person. Um, All right. Well, all right, guys. It's been a pleasure discussing American Anthem with you. Emily, thank you so much for coming on and being a guest. We really enjoyed having you. Thanks for having me. We'll have to get you on again soon. I miss you too. Miss you. If there's another terrible gymnastics movie, we'll be sure to grab you. Mm-hmm. Do it, uh, yeah, please. Figuratively. Best on best of luck on being a successful person in life and <laughs> having a real job. I'm really excited for you. This Thank is you. our job, John. <laughs> this is art. <laughs> we better start making money. Then. <laughs> Enable the analytics. <laughs> ah, all right. Well, we will see you all Very next well. week. Bye. Bye.